Welcome to the Wildflower Half Hour. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is a special podcast episode from Wildflower Hour members. I asked a bunch of you to tell me about your favourite nature reserves for finding wildflowers and here's what you all came up with. Hello, my name's Kevin Widowson and I'm going to talk to you about my favourite nature reserve. About five minutes away from my house in North Nottinghamshire is an amazing wood called Gamston Wood. This is part of a SSSI site managed by the Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust. It's mixed ancient woodland managed as a coppice with predominant tree species being ash, oak and field maple. There are also little pockets of beech, willow and silver birch. The wood has the usual procession of springtime woodland flowers with the dog's mercury coming into flower in March, moving on to the displays of wooden enemies and finally along the south side of the wood displays of bluebells and burly purple orchids. And these are amazing as these displays are, they're not really the main reasons why I return to this site. In fact, it's the little hidden gems and secret little places that keep me coming back time and again. The main site for this is a central ride which goes through the site. This ride has many different species on it and these would include things like bush vetch, yellow pimpernel, wood speedwell and even adder's tongue. And this ride is managed as though it were a meadow. Around the corner from this ride is our two little paths that cut into the woodland. Um, they're not formal paths, they've been made by the animals or botanists as they move through the wood. Um, and at the end of these paths along the sides you'll find things like Herb Paris and down one of them you'll even find little patches of Greater Butterfly Orchid and Common Twayblade. Another area is a secret little corner that isn't on any of the path networks so you really have to search to find it and in this little glade is in the, at the right time of year you'll come across a fantastic display of common spotted orchids hundreds of them really squeezed into a small little place then you would just see a display of soft pink covering the woodland floor this site also later in the season has a similar number of field scabious and sawwort um, as the season progresses. Tantalisingly somewhere in the site there has been a record of bird's nest orchid. Now I've never found this despite many hours of searching over a number of years but this is certainly a reason why I'll continue to come to this site. Part of the SSSI designation also extends to the verges surrounding the wood and often I'll, I'll come just to have a look at these. Um, these are really of exceptional quality and have species such as Dyes Greenweed, Betony, Wild Licorice, more common Twayblade, Bee Orchid and there's even some Greater Butterfly Orchid on the verge itself um, and it's worth visiting just, just for its own sake. But all of these things are not just the reason why this is my favourite nature reserve. It also has some personal meaning to me as well. It was my place of work for a number of years. Whilst working for the Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust, I would deliver forest school sessions there. Making in the non-SSSI area of the wood, we would make dens with school children, teaching them fire lighting and... Um, cooking on the fire and of course taking them around the wood looking at the wildflowers. 
it's also some somewhere where I take my family regularly. Being so being so close to us, it's an ideal place to just go for a, a quick half hour walk. And I'll often play games with my daughters, trying to identify plants as we go along and scoring points if they get them correctly. So in short, it's a place that has inspired my work, my hobby, and somewhere to take my family. And it'll be somewhere that I continue to go even after I find that elusive bird's nest orchid. So that's Gamston Wood, my favourite nature reserve. Hi everyone, my name's Leif, and I just want to tell you about one of my favourite nature reserves, which is called Dalston. It's really, really easy to find. Uh, Just head Swan Edge and Dorset and drive up to the top of the cliffs. It's like a mile away at most. And it's this wonderful wildlife-rich reserve which encompasses, you know, rolling meadows and beautiful sea views. And as a botanist, Dalston was always one of the most exciting places to be taken by my parents uh, when I was growing up. On my first visit, I actually spent uh, the first hour just in the car park identifying all sorts of different plants, my favourite of which I think was knotted hedge parsley. And in the spring, there are early forget-me-nots and the unusual small-flowered buttercup in the short grass near the parking base. And I've always thought it's a really, really, really good sign when you just get stuck botanising in the car park right at the start of the day. So the reserve itself is essentially made up of like a series of grassy hay meadows that run down to the clifftops. And you can wander through the downland enjoying swathes of wildflowers or, you know, the trill of uh, skylarks and chaffinches. Or you can walk along the southwest coast path and watch the seabirds while surrounded by all sorts of uh, spring wildflowers like thrift and sea campion and kidney vetch. Uh, Dalston is it's just this wonderfully biodiverse place and has something for absolutely everyone. They have, I think, uh, 33 breeding butterfly species, not including uh, rare migrants like uh, the large tortoiseshell, for example, which occasionally shows up. And they have thousands of other invertebrates. Um, I remember once coming across oil beetles, several oil beetles sort of wandering cluelessly along the paths. And they're really, really cool insects. So I definitely look out for those if you do visit. Um, Also looking out to sea, you might see dolphins and porpoises. Uh, They've recorded 250 bird species. And amazingly, and I still can't quite get my head around this, they have almost 600 species of flowering plant all crammed into this nature reserve on the clifftops. This is just incredible. Uh, So early in the year, uh, the meadows are awash with things like cowslips and hairy violets, horseshoe vetch, uh, chalk milkwort. And then in the summer, you get things like pyramidal orchids, wild clary, yellowwort, meadow vetchling, dyer's greenweed. And then by September, you're surrounded by autumn gentians, autumn ladies' tresses, scabiouses, napweeds, centauries. I mean, the list goes on. It's just a real treat all year round. And one of the really, really great things about Dalston is their team of friendly sort of volunteers and rangers who do uh, an online daily diary. So every day, one of the rangers does a loop around the reserve and then writes a short post about the wildlife they manage to spot. So I'm just scrolling down today's entry, uh, and they've got guillemots and razorbills out on the sea. Uh, they've got fulmars and peregrines. Peregrines are pretty cool. Um, in the meadows, they've got cowslips starting to flower, as well as uh, coastal plants like Danish scurvy grass. Um, yeah, so it's like it was actually this daily update which they do, which initially brought me to Dalston. 
Uh, I was 14 and spent a day reading through all the entries from April to July from five consecutive years, greedily taking in uh, the names of plants that I'd only really ever dreamed of seeing. Things like early gentian, wild madder, rock sea lavender, um, golden samphire, yellow vetchling, early spider orchid. Uh, but it was the frequency with which bee orchid came up that really clinched it for me. And I immediately asked my parents if they could take me there. This has always been uh, my favourite plant. And finding bee orchids in the grass in there with my dad is one of my favourite childhood memories. Uh, on my summer long hunt, orchid hunt in 2013, I saw early purple orchids, early spider orchids, green winged orchids uh, up on the clifftops on a really blustery May afternoon. And then I returned there at the end of the summer to look for autumn ladies' tresses, which is traditionally uh, the last orchid to flower each summer. And it was just really, really nice to be able to start and end that trip at Delston, one of my favourite nature reserves. But it's the early spider orchids, which are sort of the real jewel in Delston's crown, though obviously I am extremely biased. Uh, but there are hundreds of them dotted along the coast path there, and thousands if you walk further west along the cliffs towards Dancing Ledge. It's amazing to see so many of this uh, really quite rare orchid. And they're just so cool. I absolutely love them. And at risk of perhaps something slightly weird, uh, I've actually spent ages just lying on the path, face to face with the early spider orchids, and waiting for the unwitting Andrina bees to come along and pollinate them. So I guess... The reason Dalston is such a special place is down to the combination of beautiful sea views, species-rich wildflower meadows, and this never-ending list of really, really cool plants to find. It's so easy to just sort of lose yourself there for hours and hours, and I thoroughly recommend it to everyone. So that's my little bits about Dalston. Uh, do go visit and hopefully post some plant photos on Twitter. It's an absolutely guaranteed way to make me and a lot of other people extremely jealous. It's actually really difficult to choose a, a favourite nature reserve, but I think the one that really stands out for me is Cum Idwal, the that vast amphitheatre up in the, the mountains of Snowdonia that's home to so many special flowers and plants in a, in a really dramatic landscape. It's a place I've gone back to time and time again in the uh, 30 years that I've lived up here in North Wales. And every visit is just as exciting and just as exhilarating as the first trip that I made up there. The fun really starts on the shores of Llynidwal, on the, the, the big lake up there where you get carpets of, of things like shoreweed uh, and uh, all sorts of little plants growing like a little lawn on the edge of the, edge of the water. Uh, and then occasionally in summer you can see these beautiful uh, water lobelias coming out from the surface of the lake. It's just the same sort of lobelia that we grow in our hanging baskets in our gardens. Uh, lovely delicate blue flowers hanging uh, on long stems waving at a Above the water it's very very magical around the lake then you've got these uh, wonderful sort of mossy flushes and streams that come into the lake uh, and they've got things like bog ashvadel and loads of insectivorous plants sundews and butterworts um, 
but most of the grazing, most of the grazing was removed from Cumadwell back in the 1990s, making it one of the actually one of the largest rewilding experiments in the whole of Britain. And you can really see that here on the edges of the lake and around the lake. And in the flushes, this is where bog orchid has appeared in one or two places since that grazing was removed. So it's a really exciting place. Then you carry on up the path and that's where you first start seeing a few of these wonderful Arctic alpine plants. Things like mossy saxifrage uh, and mountain sorrel on the rocks beside the path. But the real excitement is up in the boulder scree where you've got these vast blocks of of lime-rich rocks that have fallen from the cliffs above. And some of these are are literally the size of a house. They're enormous chunks of stone. And you can spend hours, I've spent hours and hours and hours exploring these boulders because each one is very 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 different depending on on where it's come from in the cliffs above uh the best ones you know full of lime in in the in the rocks have have got things like purple saxifrage mossy campion with their lovely little pink flowers and mossy saxifrage and you never quite know what you're going to find and it's really really exciting even underneath the boulders uh, around the base of them where the sheep can't get to graze you get oak fern and beech fern uh, and even some mountain male fern as well at the top of the boulder scree it's very very exciting you can even stumble across real rarities like uh, alpine saxifrage and if, if you know where to go there are a couple of very very choice rocks right at the very top if you know exactly where to look you can see the tiny but incredible incredibly rare uh, mossy saxifrage just a handful of plants up there that you can see in, in flower but the fun doesn't stop there, the excitement doesn't stop there. Climbing on up higher and higher on the, the footpath, uh, up above the boulder screen, you eventually reach this dark cleft in the cliffs at the very, very top. And th- this is the Devil's Kitchen. And it's once you're in there, it's cold and it's shaded, hardly gets any sunshine, if, if any t- at all. There's a beautiful little clear mountain stream tumbling out of the bottom of the, of the Devil's Kitchen. And this is where you find most of the, uh, the, the Welsh poppies growing up in Cumadwell. The proper Welsh poppy in, it, in its real habitat, uh, right tucked up away in, in that cool shaded area. And they often grow right out, out, out in, of the boulders uh, in the stream, which is brilliant. If you've got a pair of binoculars with you, you can look up on the cliffs around the devil's uh, around the uh, the devil's kitchen, and and if you're really lucky, you know where to look. This is where you'll see Lily Ruithva, the Snowden Lily, just growing on the ledges. But you've really got to be lucky to be able to see that. Then on either side, if you step back out of the Devil's Kitchen, on either side you've got these incredibly steep, completely inaccessible cliffs. And they're really densely vegetated. It's such a contrast to, to, to the rest of Comidwell. We've got thick, sort of tall, what we call tall herb vegetation up there. And these are the famous hanging gardens. 
They're literally full of, of wildflowers and, and they're, they're really surprising as well as the sort of Arctic alpine plants that you'd expect to find things like rose root and alpine meadow root. It's, it's a real surprise because there are, there are loads of woodland plants up here. Early purple orchids will be flowering in, in a couple of weeks' time up there. There's loads of greater wood rush and things like wood anemone at all. And also there are plants of, of meadows growing up here. So you've got globe flower, those lovely ball-shaped, they're almost like buttercups on steroids, if you like, lovely, lovely, large yellow-flowered globe flowers. And then you've got things like oxide daisy and even yellow rattle, you know, a meadow plant growing up there. So for, for me, Kumidwal is a place of excitement, of drama, of contrasts. And yeah, there's nowhere else like it really in, in Britain for a day of botanising that will really, really feed the soul and, and, and take you back to, to, to what our landscapes used to be like, absolutely packed full of, of wonderful wildflowers to discover. Hello, I'm Carol Armstrong and I live near Preston in Lancashire and wanted to tell the Wildflower Hour podcast listeners about my favourite reserve. It's actually a National Trust property in South Cumbria. It's called Helsington Barrels, and it's near Kendal, on the gently sloping side of below Scout Scar. It's home to a plant that I had wanted to see for many years, the dark red helleborine. I go there several times a year to see the floral succession, of the orchids and other species that I've found here. There are in total eight species of wild orchid, including the dark red helleborine. There's also early purple, fly, lesser butterfly, common tway blade, heath fragrant, frog, and a few common spotteds. You can also find a lot of other beautiful flowering plants. For example, wild thyme, wild strawberry, ladies bed straw, Cowslip, dog violet, dropwort, to name but a few. The dark red helleborine are the latest to flower in the orchid species, so that's around early to mid-July, and that makes it rather a pleasure to be going backwards and forwards to Helsington Barrow, just to have a look, to see what's next, see what's arrived. And the views of the South Lake Hills from the top of Scoutscar are breathtaking. I really do like going to this reserve. The fell runners and the dog walkers that pass me when I'm there all give me a cheery hello. We all have different reasons for being there, but everyone has a smile on their face. And that's the effect of Helsington Barrows. Hi, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my favourite nature reserve, which is Glengariff Woods Nature Reserve. And it's in West Cork. It's between the mountains and Bantry Bay. So it's kind of just snugged in, not just far outside the little town there. I've known this place since I was really little. I used to come every year to nearby Glengariff and I play in these woods. We would go for bits of walks. I suppose my parents were really trying to tire us out. And so I would do the few walks which were available back then. There was one really nice one which was Lady Bantry's Lookout and you'd climb up and up and you'd pass a strawberry tree and then you'd come out. It was quite open back then. And you could see the whole bay and you could see Garnish Island. And Garnish Island's this really beautiful um, garden that was created early last century on an island, on a rocky island in the bay. And now it's this beautifully mature kind of semi-tropical garden. And my parents, my grandparents used to take a boat out there and visit the gardener and 
there was kind of wild stories about them managing to get home, but the boat was lost, so they don't really know how they got back. And also it's an area where there was the first female botanist in Ireland a couple of hundred years ago, and she would wander around looking at things as well. When I was a teenager, I got lost in conifer plantation that was there. And it, there was quite a lot of coniferous trees until I think around the early 90s when the new management took over and they kind of started a program of taking out the non-natives. So a lot of rhododendron has been removed since then and quite a lot of the conifer woods. I really like it for the plants which are there. It's an acid oak woodland mainly and has a few, like I said, strawberry trees and yew. And then on the ground level, there's cow wheat, which is just this beautiful yellow plant that grows in the dapple shade and Enchanter's Nightshade, which I think has the best name of any plant. There are two saxifrages there, St. Patrick's Cabbage and Kidney Leafed Saxifrage, and they just look really beautiful rosettes in the early part of the year. And there's really dense mosses and some filmy ferns as well, like huge variety being so close to the Atlantic Ocean. So it has changed since I was um, little, and I've started to explore new areas as the management has changed and better walks, better signage have um, shown up. So now I've managed to explore the waterfall walk and the big meadow, which is, it's never been ploughed as far as they know. And so it has these ant hills, which have their own little plant community, like specific mosses and wild thyme and yarrow growing on them. And there's a wetter area in there, which has got um, ragged robin, so that beautiful pink flower of wet meadows. They've also created a new lake um, specifically to protect um, the downy emerald dragonfly. So I've never seen that, but I'm quite excited to go back and have another look. I've also become more aware of fungi as I've gotten older. And so it's been really nice to realise that I can recognise chanterelles and hedgehog mushrooms now. And also in that area, there's the Kerry slug. So you could be on the lookout to see the Kerry slug. It's only in the southwest of Ireland and um, bits of Portugal and Spain. It's really dark with cream spots. And I ha when I've seen it in the wild before, I've noticed it moves really fast. So you might have to kind of try and see it before it dashes off. So as a kid, I found it really, really magical. And as I've gotten older, that magic's still there. And having more knowledge about the fauna and flora is really, really good. Um, I did my project there on another plant, which is quite rare in Ireland, mostly in the southwest, which is Euphorbia hiberna, the Irish spurge. So I've kind of looked at it as a scientist as well now, as knowing it from childhood and knowing it just for recreation, really. And so it's just really gorgeous and I highly recommend a visit if anybody's in West Cork. So my favourite nature reserve is the place where I'm standing now. It's on the outskirts of Lincoln. Um, it's Wisby Nature Reserve, looked after by Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust. And just beyond me, there's a sort of big uh, landscape of birch trees and willow trees, sort of tangled wildwood sort of landscape. Um, just beyond that, there's the A46. You can probably hear the kind of hum of the cars in the background. Just beyond that, there's Frankie and Benny's, McDonald's, garages, uh, garden centres. But here, you've got this lovely sort of um, wild, tangled nature reserve. Um, it's an old gravel pit complex, so there are lots of lakes with uh, lots of areas of sort of wet woodland and, yeah, big thickets of willow car, older trees, birch trees that are really quite impenetrable to people, but great for wildlife. 
and there's sort of system of paths off around the reserve so it gets really well used by people it's a saturday today and the car park's pretty much full to bursting i would have thought probably thousands of people will pass through here today lots of kids getting interested in wildlife lots of families and there's a play area but you can leave all of that behind and kind of explore the further reaches of the reserves which um yeah really wild and tranquil places great for birds um great for butterflies lots of nice wildflowers today's seen splashes of celandines under some of the hedges bee flies butterflies lots of bumblebees out prospecting for nests and things like that yeah so it's just a really lovely place and yeah as i said not really the wildest place but it's got that really familiar feel so i come here a lot often with kids it's a bit like putting on an old jacket when i come here i suppose everything just fits everything's comfortable i know where everything is so i can come at different times of year and look for specific things so always come in sort of june and july and look for the broad-leaved hellebarines and you know where the individual plants are going to be so you've kind of got that kind of very familiar relationship with the place it's quite strong and um yeah quite special as well yeah so that's wisby not the wildest place that i've ever been to but really really lovely nature reserve so i'll just leave you now with a few sounds of wisby watching nature in a major city can be both a blessing and a curse on the one hand it's pretty easy to find a nearby wildlife reserve on the other hand well it's pretty easy for everyone else to find a nearby wildlife reserve too. Edinburgh has no shortage of places to go if you want to see wildlife. The Botanic Gardens, Holyrood Park, the Hermitage of Braid are all excellent spots. But on a warm, sunny Sunday morning, odds are a sizable chunk of the city's half a million residents and more than a few tourists will have the same idea. The Water of Leith naturally has this problem, stretching from Belerno in the west all the way into the North Sea at Firth of Forth. The river flows through the heart of the city. As you would expect, it draws more than its fair share of dog walkers, ramblers, fishermen, cyclists and wildlife photographers like myself. Yet, what makes the Water of Leith such a valuable nature reserve is that it offers people the tranquility of nature so close to the centre of a bustling metropolis. You can be going spare at the queues on Princes Street, or even worse, pursued by a group of students trying to flog you tickets to their fringe performance but walk 15 minutes north and you're suddenly watching a pair of dippers skitter about on the rocks as the crash of water from the weir drowns out your thoughts. As someone fortunate enough to live by the river, I have a fairly good idea of the wildlife that resides there. In the past few weeks, just along the half-mile stretch of river near my flat, I've seen the aforementioned pair of dippers bobbing about in the water, a pair of wagtails, their yellow breasts resplendent in the sun, a pair of goosanders, the male far more happy to show off to photographers than the female, and a heron, supremely unconcerned as passers-by stop to take photos with their phone. The woods alongside the river are similarly rich in wildlife. The other day I saw my first ever tree creeper, just catching the corner of my eye as I watched a thrush gathering for its nest. And of course, botanists would be delighted by the range of plant life that grows along the river. Those of us interested in wildlife often go to great lengths to be able to see it. We all surely dream of taking a great African safari or seeing exotic, tropical birds. But sometimes the most rewarding wildlife experience is the one just outside your front door. Our visits to faraway places are brief, ephemeral, but our local nature reserves we can experience all year round. 
And more importantly, we experience the changes they go through as the seasons pass. The wildlife we see regularly, we learn more about. It's probably not a coincidence that the best photos I take tend to be those I take along the water of Leith, because those are the animals I spend most time observing. Those are the animals I understand most. I am of course supremely lucky to have such a place as my local wildlife reserve, but the reasons I love the water of Leith are not exclusive to it. Listeners could just as easily say the same things about places near them, the woods just up the road, the park at the end of the street, even something as simple as a back garden. Places to see wildlife are all around us, although, if I'm being honest, they're unlikely to be quite as nice as the water of Leith. Thanks everyone. We'll be back next week with more wildflower facts and stories. And don't forget to take part in Wildflower Hour on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook between 8 and 9pm every Sunday night. Thanks for listening.